Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church.
Like no 
sing that chorus because it says I stand in awe. Yes, I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. Yes, I stand, I stand This morning as we come uh, for this time of prayer as we begin our, our service, perhaps the Lord has laid a need on your heart. Uh, perhaps there's a, a lost family member or friend that you know you need to share the gospel with, that you need to reach out to, and you want to pray for them this morning. Maybe it's a, a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship that's broken. Maybe it's a financial issue or a job loss. Uh, we've all come in. Uh, with different issues on our hearts that can easily distract us from hearing from God. And we need to give those over to Him. And we need to uh, trust Him with whatever the issue on our heart may be this morning. And so, uh, right there at your pew, I hope that you'll make that place an altar and you'll, you'll bow there. Those of you at home, uh, right where you're at, just bow there. And uh, if you're with family, you can grab each other's hands. And let's just spend some time in prayer lifting these things up and giving them over to our Lord. 
Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you that even when we feel overwhelmed, Lord, that it has not overwhelmed you. And I know many this morning are struggling. We've got folks that are facing some very difficult health issues right now. Some decisions on if surgery is going to be needed and if, if they want to go through it. Lord, just be with them. Touch them physically, Lord. Give them strength. Be with the, the ones who are standing by their side, taking care of them, Lord. Give, give them the encouragement that they need. Lord, for the family that is going through struggles right now, Lord, for the couple that is about ready to give up, Lord, show them that you are the God of reconciliation and put that family back together again. Help them to give one another an extra dose of, of grace and of mercy and help them to love once again. Lord, for the family that's struggling because they don't know how they're going to pay the bills now that there's been job loss or a loss of hours at work, Lord. Lord, show them that you're the great provider. Lord, do the work that only you can do. Lord, for the lost, I pray for salvation. I pray that you'd stir hearts and help us to recognize our need for you. Lord, now, have your will and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Mighty, great God, would you stand with me as we sing these songs. Let's lift your voices to our great and wonderful, mighty God. Here we go. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the world rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, it trembles at his trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all the sea, how great, how great is our
Oh! <laughs>
Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. Amen. Thank you, Dee. Couldn't be in a more appropriate song for what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, again, I want to thank you so much for your faithful giving. Uh, continue just to uh, be uh, just such an encouragement to me uh, to watch how you've wanted to join the Lord in the work that He's doing. And again, uh, we have several different options of how you can give. Of course, you can give here as you're leaving. Uh, this morning, we got the offering plate out in the foyer. Uh, you can give by mailing that in to 892 Brownsburg Road, Benton, Kentucky, 42025. Uh, you can come on Wednesdays. Uh, Amber will take those uh, tithes and offerings on Wednesdays in the office. Uh, or you can go to BrownsburgBaptist.com. Org, and uh, there at the top of the page you'll see the give button there, and there's the opportunity to give in that way as well. But again, just thank you so much for allowing us to be able to continue uh, to do ministry uh, both near and far, uh, both in, uh, in, our, in our home as well as in far off places uh, because of your faithful giving. This morning, if you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, and as you're turning there, Uh, I want us to focus this morning on a wondrous word from the waves. And as you're turning there to Matthew 14, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we are so very thankful for the opportunity once again to join in worship, to be able to sing, to be able to to pray, to be able to study your word, to be able to give— And uh, Lord, this morning I pray that, again, if there's even one that doesn't yet know you as Savior and as Lord, that they might uh, recognize their sin, that they would repent of that sin and uh, by faith uh, turn to you. Lord, I pray that you might speak to all of us today, no matter what it is that we're going through, uh, no matter what the storm, no matter what the trial may be. uh, Lord, help us to recognize that you are the answer uh, because you're the one who who calms the storm, uh, but also you're the one who can uh, allow us to walk on top of the storm uh, with you. But we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again here, as we look at Matthew chapter 14, in this passage we're going to find the disciples trapped in the grip of a very fierce storm. In fact, they find themselves in that storm because they have been commanded 
by the Lord to cross the Sea of Galilee. These men are in the will of the Lord. They're doing exactly what the Lord told them to do, and yet we see them struggling against this storm. Try as they might, it appears that they are unable to make any headway here. The wind is in their face, and these 12 men are stuck in the storm, and they are unable to get out. I think you would recognize this morning that we, too, are in the midst of a storm. Maybe you're in the midst of a storm personally, um, but certainly we are in the midst of a storm as a nation, as a state, as a community. Uh, We're in the midst of a storm. And as individuals and as families and as a church, as community, state, and nation, we're stuck in the midst of this storm, and God desires to teach us something. This week, pandemic, social unrest and racial discord. We've been told we're in an economic recession. There's been a hurricane, I guess more of a tropical storm has hit us. There's contention in local government, and many of us are stressed about uncertainty. Again, that's just in one week. And so we find ourselves stuck in the middle of life's storms. And no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, it seems that we aren't making a whole lot of headway sometimes. It may seem to you like the storm will never end and that there is no possible way that anything good could come from this particular storm. But thankfully, there are some promises given to us here this morning. There's some some good news for us this morning from God's Word that while the storms of life are never pleasant, that they do produce certain benefits in each and every one of our lives. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, we're told, Now no chastening from the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And so this morning, I want us to join these, these 12 men here in Matthew chapter 14, these disciples in the midst of their storm. And as we do, I want to show you that the storms of life contain some hidden blessings for us as the children of God. And I don't know the exact storm that you're facing this morning, but I do know that the Lord has a purpose for allowing that particular storm to rage in your life. Perhaps that purpose is going to become much clearer this morning as we look at this, wondrous, at this wondrous word from the waves. If you would please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14, 22 through 33 together. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away and he went up into the mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him, and he said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, 
He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and he called him and he said to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him saying, of a truth, thou art the son of God. You may be seated. We see here, first of all, in verse 25, God walks on the waves. The very thing that the disciples feared, the sea, was the very thing the Lord used as the vehicle to reveal himself here to them. And he'll do the same thing in your life and in mine. Notice how Jesus came to them that night. We're told that he came in the face of the darkness. He came in the face of the darkness. The Bible says that Jesus came to them in the fourth watch of the night. Now, the fourth watch of the night would have been somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Those are the darkest hours of the night. And it was in those darkest hours that Jesus came walking on the water. This morning, you may be walking in darkness, and you may be wondering where Jesus is, and you may be facing some of the darkest days of your life right now. But let me remind you that our God is ever with you, that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you. Let me remind you that even in the darkest hours of life that God is still God, and that he is still the one who is in control of your life. In 1 Kings 8:12, we're told, then spake Solomon, the Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. Psalm 139, 11 through 12. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike in thee. Brinesburg, what we see here is that even the, in the darkest hours of life, even the darkness cannot hide you from the face of God. He's there even when you cannot see him. He is there. But also we see that he came in the face of disaster. Again, we see here that the disciples here are in the fight of their life. Mark 48 says that they were toiling in rowing. That means that they were struggling against this storm. They were fighting for their very lives. And when they thought all hope was gone, when they thought that there was no way that they could do anything else, which they couldn't do anything else, that's when Jesus came walking on the waves. When they saw that they were at the end of their strength, the end of what they could do, that is where Jesus showed up. And there are times when we all feel like we've lost the battle with the storm. But I'd remind you this morning that just as surely as the Lord is in control of your blessings, that he is also in charge of your storms. When things look the bleakest, just look around because Jesus is about to show up. And remember, he may not keep you from going into the storm, but he will keep you in the midst of the storm. And we see that truth played out time and time again through Scripture. We think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here they are facing powerful King Nebuchadnezzar. And God didn't keep them from going into the furnace, but he went into the furnace with them, and he allowed them to walk out 
victorious. The same thing is true in the life of Daniel. He didn't keep Daniel from being thrown into the lion's den, but he was there with Daniel in the lion's den, and he allowed him to walk out victorious. The same can be said of Noah. He didn't keep Noah from having to go through the storm and the flood, but he was right there with them the entire time in that ark, and he allowed him to walk out of that ark victorious. God didn't prevent any of these from going into the storm, but he saved them all in the midst of their storm. What he did for them, he promises that he will do for you as well. But also he came on the face of the deep. Again, the very thing that these disciples feared was the raging sea, that the, the storming raging sea was the very thing that God would use as his vehicle to come to them. And what a testimony this was. See, he was not telling them that the storm wasn't fierce because it was, wasn't it? I mean, this storm could have taken their very lives. So Jesus wasn't saying, oh, the storm's just in your head. It, it isn't real. Yes, it was very real. It was very, very real. It was about to destroy them. So he wasn't telling them that the storm wasn't fierce, but he was telling them that he was greater than the storm. Yeah, the storms may be big, and right now they are. These are some big storms that we're going through. But they are nowhere even remotely as big or as great as our God. And that is still his word for us. Regardless of what we are facing in life, Jesus is still far greater than the storm that we're facing. And so if you will be patient, if you'll wait for him, he will show up. And when he shows up, he will show up right on time. Maybe not your time, but right on time, his time. And his time is always best. You see, the storm was used by the Lord here to make himself clear. The very thing that you fear will be the vehicle that he will use to show up in your life. The very thing that you don't think you could survive may be the thing that God shows up and says, you know what, you can. Not because of your strength, but because of mine, you will make it through. He planned it all just for you. And the, the storm exists not to destroy you, but to build your faith. It's there for your good. But secondly, I want you to see in verses 25 through 31 that God works in the waves. God works in the waves. Notice he, his revealing work. When Jesus did come walking on the water, the disciples, they didn't recognize him. In fact, they thought he was a ghost and they, they cried out in fear here. But thank God, Jesus came with a message of peace and of power. Notice he came to them with a word of peace. He said, be of good cheer. He came to them with a word of power. He said, it is I. And he came to them with a word of potential. He said, be not afraid. You see, the storm, the storms of life have the potential to reveal the Savior to us in a way that we have never considered him before. When he comes to us, when he comes to us walking on our storm, he gives us the same message of hope that he gave to the disciples on that same stormy night. He gives us a message of peace. They were still in the storm when he told them to cheer up. They were still in the midst of the raging sea. The waves were still crashing. The wind was still blowing. But by his power, the Son of God can give us the power in the midst of our storm. It was a message of power. When Jesus showed up, he came declaring his identity. 
He said, it is I. It's an emphatic personal pronoun. It's the same way that Jesus used it when he said, I am the door. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. He says, it is I. He's saying all of those things that you know about me, the great I am stuff, that's me and I'm here. It's always a message of power. Jesus is telling his disciples, cheer up because God is here. And if you can ever grasp the truth that Jesus is the great I am, he is the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob. That's the God we're talking about. If you can ever get a grip on that, if you can ever come to, come to that conclusion, if you can ever become clear to us that, that he has power in heaven and in earth, then we would enjoy peace even in the midst of the trials that we're going through. The devastating health diagnosis, the financial collapse, whatever may be going on in our community or our nation, if we could just understand that the great I am is still in charge, we could still come through with peace. When God gets involved in your situation, business is about to pick up and he is here. But also we notice that it was a message of potential. Jesus here also issues this, this command to his disciples. He says, be not afraid. Really, the statement literally reads, you stop fearing right now and don't you ever fear again. You know, it's kind of like as a, as a parent, your kid does something that they know better than. And, and you say, don't ever do that again. You know better than that. Don't ever do that again. We've raised you better than that. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, you stop fearing right now and don't you ever fear again because you know better. You know better, guys. You know who I am. You know the power here. Don't you ever fear again. You don't have to fear. That's what he's saying to him. You see, if you can ever get hold of the fact that Jesus is in control of every area of your life, that he is God and that he has possession of all power, and that he only desires the best for us, then we can come to that place where we can trust him fully through all of the storms of life. The storms of life are a blessing because they reveal the Savior in a brand new way to us. Whatever the particular storm that you may be going through, it is going to teach you something new and something amazing about God. But also, we notice his refining work in verses 28 and 29. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, Peter wanted to join Jesus in walking on the water. And Jesus simply told Peter, come. He just uses one word, come. And Peter obeyed and he, he walked on the water. Nobody else could say that, just Peter. Jesus used the storm as a means to help Peter grow in his faith. There would never have been an opportunity for that if it hadn't been for the storm. And when the storms of life are howling all about us, if we can get hold of the truth that Jesus is the master of the storm, then we too can rise above our circumstances and walk on the waves with the, with the Lord. Now, some of you are saying, yeah, he, he walked on the water, but he sank pretty quick too. And I realize that. I realize that Peter didn't walk very long, but in just a moment, he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink immediately. However, Peter had a story a story that none of the other disciples had that, that day or ever. Peter was the only one who could say, I walked on my storm. Nobody else could say it. Nobody else got out of the boat. He is the only one who walked on the storm. And if we will allow it, the storm of life will focus our faith as well. 
And God can use the difficult days to teach us about Him and to help us to grow in the Lord. He will use the storms to make you more like Him. Remember, there were 12 men in that boat, but only one could say that He walked on the storm with Jesus. The entire purpose of the storm is to help us to become more like Jesus. And in this process, you can count on Him to overload your life. Now, that's not something you may want to hear this morning. You may not want to hear that. You may say, well, well, doesn't the Bible say that he's never going to put more on us than, than we can handle? No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he will continually put more on us than we can handle, but not more than he can handle. You see, it's not about how much we can handle. I can't handle much. I'm pretty weak. I, I'd be crushed by just about anything that came this way, but not my God. Not my God. He won't be. He, you can count on grace sufficient for every single need. So if you're counting on yourself being strong enough to make it through, yeah, you're going to fail because we're not strong people. But He is strong enough. He will give you grace sufficient. So you may be saying, I don't think I can make it through this. You probably can on your own, but are you willing to give it over to the Lord? Because He has grace sufficient for whatever the need may be. But notice also His reminding work in verses 30 and 31. Peter wanted to walk on the water like Jesus. He put the Lord to the test and he stepped out on the waves. He said, okay, you said come, I'm coming. And he soon took his eyes off the Jesus though. He took his eyes off the Lord. And when he did, he found himself in trouble. But he remembered who was in control. He remembered who was in control. And he called out, if you find yourself taking your eyes off the Lord, you do exactly what Peter did. You immediately say, Lord, save me. Recognizing you can't save yourself. Don't you try doing it yourself and say, oh, I need to clean this up because I'd be so embarrassed if the Lord knew about this. He already does. So just cry out to him and let him know. I've messed up. I've taken my eyes off of you. Lord, save me. And he'll reach and he'll get you. And he'll hold on tight. Don't try to clean yourself up. Allow the Lord to do the work that only he can do. The saving work that only he can do. He remembered and he cried out. The storms of life serve to remind us of who is in control here. Like Peter, there are times when we get our eyes off the Lord during our storms, and when we do, we are doomed to fail. And we need to remember who is in charge of the whole thing. You see, if we successfully navigate any of the, the stormy waters of life, you and I, we deserve none of the credit because we didn't do anything. The disciples didn't save themselves. It didn't matter how hard that they rode. They were not going to save themselves out of that storm. They were only successful in coming to the other side because of Jesus. And so when you successfully navigate through the storms of life, don't brag on yourself. Don't pat yourself on the back. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the one who got you through. Our success in the storms of life hinge upon our being willing to acknowledge Jesus as being the master of the storm. And then lastly, I want you to see in verses 32 and 33 that God witnesses through the waves. God witnesses through the waves. Notice the witness of his power here. Jesus calmed the storm and he didn't say a word. We're told that he simply got into the boat and when he got into the boat, the, the, the waves calmed, the, the winds ceased. Things got calm because he got in the boat. And one day he will do the same thing in your life. The storm will rage until he has accomplished his purpose. And then he will simply cause the wind and the waves to cease. And there will be peace. All he did is, is trying to get us to see today is that he's in control of the storm of life. 
It isn't me and it isn't you, it is him. Jesus is the master of the sea and he's the master of the storm as well. But also we see the witness of his person. In the witness of his person, when, when Jesus stilled the storm, the disciples knew that they were in the presence of God. They confessed him as Lord and they bowed before him and worshiped his power in and over the storm of life was testifying of, of his person, of who he is. They tell us that he is God. He's in control of all the affairs of life. When the storms come, they're designed to bring us to the place the disciples found themselves in the end, and that was on their knees in worship before him. Here's the secret to making it through the storm. And if you're going to have a storm that's much more bearable, here, here's the secret. First of all, don't wait until the storm is over before you bow to him. Don't, don't wait until there's peace before you bow before him. Bow now while the waves are still threatening your boat. Say, God, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the scary time, you are still God and you're still worthy of my worship. And you, you bow before him. Bow now while the winds are still contrary. Don't wait until blue skies have been seen once again to humble yourself before the Lord. Because nothing reveals your faith to a watching world more than you being willing to accept God's will and to love him even when things look the worst for you. I, I've got a good friend at, at one of our, our past churches and she just went through cancer and cancer treatments over the last few months and I watched her praise the Lord every single day. I watched her just give glory to the Lord. She, she'd get on Facebook and she was singing hymns uh, uh, of her trust. And, and she didn't hide anything. She, she was hurting and it was hard and it was painful. But she continued to give honor and glory to the Lord during the most difficult battle that she'd ever been through. Do you know how that testified to the world around her, to her friends and to her family, to her church family? Because she didn't wait till the blue skies. She humbled herself and, and praised him in the storm. Bow before him today. Honor him in the midst of the storm that you're going through today. Learn the secret of worship even while the storm rages. Church, sometimes it's hard to see the blessings for the storm, isn't it? Because life gets hard. It's hard to see the blessings when the, when the waves are crashing in on our face. But they're there. Sometimes it's hard to imagine the Lord bringing any good out of what we're going through because it's just so hard. And I don't know the nature of the storm that you're facing this morning. But I do know the one who still walks on the waves. And I know that if you will bring your need to him, that he will hear you and he will help you this morning. And who knows, you might just find that he's walking on the waves. He's walking on the storm this morning to you. Maybe you can't see him yet. Maybe it's still in that dark part of the night. But let me tell you something. He's there. He's right there. And he wants to bring you through. And if this, this morning, if you need help from the wave walker, then this altar is open. You can come. Maybe you need to be saved this morning. Maybe you recognize that you can't face this storm because you don't have a relationship with a, with a wave walker named Jesus Christ. You need to come into relationship to him today. Maybe there's a storm that you've been trying to, to roll in and you said, I, I think I'm strong enough. You're not. Stop trying to do it yourself and just surrender to him this morning. Whatever the needs may be. Would you come? Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for being the one who is in control of every storm of our life. And Lord, we thank you for these wondrous words that you bring us from the waves. Because Lord, we, uh, many of us are going through a difficult day. 
The storm seems to be raging, the winds are blowing, the waves seem to be crashing, and it can be pretty scary. It can seem like there's, there's no hope, but Lord, we recognize that you're in control, that Lord, we can trust you. And so Lord, this morning we give it over to you. And Lord, I especially want to pray for the lost this morning. Whether they be here in the sanctuary this morning or watch it on television or Facebook Live, I pray right now that they would be convicted of sin. And Lord, that they wouldn't put off salvation for another day. But right here and right now, that they would say yes to you. Lord, help us to humble ourselves before you. Help us to do the business you've called us to do. Lord, you've moved. Now help us to move. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with the relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.